Share all of my worship.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and praise for this another day which you have made. This is the day you have made, O God. Help us to rejoice and to be glad in it. Thank you for your love which you have bestowed upon us, O God, that we can approach your mercy seat today. Father, you are our God Almighty, the God of our salvation. You are the great I am, the maker of heaven and earth. You woke us up this morning and you allow us, O oh God, another day we are in. We can come to you, calling upon your name. So we give you thanks, Lord. We give you thanks. Help us, Heavenly Father, to acknowledge and to accept you for who you are. You are the great I am. You are our God. You are our healer. You are our provider. You are our protector. You are our guide. And so, Father, we are covered in your love. We are sheltered in the arms of your love. Father, today is a day of worship. When everybody all over the world, Lord, is called upon your name, people everywhere, Lord, your presence is everywhere, Heavenly Father. And so, God, we come to you today. As you receive us with outstretched arms to protect us, Lord, and to lead us and provide for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I pray this morning for people everywhere who are suffering. Many are lonely. Many are confused. Many do not know what to do. So we ask you for your protection, Lord. Ask you for your guidance, Lord. Ask you to help us, O oh God, to face and to take it one day at a time. In these difficult times, dear Father, help us to know that you are with us every step of the way. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You will always be there for us. I pray for our ministers, Lord. I pray for the body of Christ. I pray for our communities, Lord. I pray for each and every one who are reaching out to you today, Lord, that you will grant us comfort, grant us strength in the time of our needs. Father, we look to you and we praise you. Just have your own sweet full way in our hearts and our lives, we pray. As we look to you and wait upon you and say thank you, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Hands up, hearts open.
Situation. 
Great heart. 
Greetings to Bishop King, our host pastor, and Sister Sonia and family, and to Bishop and Sister Willis and family. To all of you in the reach of my voice, grace and peace be with you. It is indeed a privilege and an honor to be in the house of the Lord and in the presence of the Most High God and to share the word of God with you. It is a privilege, as always, that I do not and will not take lightly. My theme for this hour is Lively Hope, and my text is taken from 1 Peter chapter 1, 1-4. It reads, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. This is the word of the Lord and we say, Amen. My theme for the hour is lively hope. If we look at the word lively, we think of someone or something that is full of life, full of energy and excitement, someone that is alert and active. According to the Bible dictionary, hope is to have confident expectation. Hope is also a virtue. And it is a powerful part of any Christian's life. If we look at verse 1, it states that Peter was an apostle. And when we talk about the word apostle, yes, we look at it in its original sense, where the term is referring to someone who actually saw Jesus after he was risen from the dead. But not only that, we see that Jesus specifically commissioned and commanded Peter to feed his lambs. If we look very shortly at the book of St. John, chapter 21, 15 through to 17, the story goes like this. After Jesus had risen from the grave, he was seen at the shores of Tiberia. The Bible tells us that there was a fire, there was some cooked fish, and there was some bread. So I will say that Jesus had made or prepared breakfast for the disciples. Verse 15 through says, after breakfast, Jesus looked at Peter and he says unto Peter, Peter, son of Jonas, do you love me more than these? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus look at Peter for the second time and say, Peter, do you love me? Again, Peter replies, you know I love you, Lord. Jesus says to him, feed my sheep. For the third time, Jesus looks at Peter and say, Peter, do you love me? 
Peter was a bit cross now. And he says to Jesus, you know everything, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus says to Peter, feed my sheep. So when Jesus said to Peter to feed my lambs, he is referring to those that are new in the faith. They cannot handle the solid food. So Jesus is saying to Peter to feed them with the milk that they are able to grow. And also those that are more mature in the faith. So it is clear that Peter was actually fulfilling that which Jesus had commanded and ordained him to do. And so this letter is written to the aliens and the strangers and not just in the spiritual sense because we know that as Christians this world is not our final abode. But in the physical sense, what was happening at the time because of persecution, for the sake of being a Christian, the Christians that were born in Jerusalem had to leave Jerusalem and they ended up in the borders or the vent the vicinity of Turkey. Peter goes on to remind us that we have been handpicked, selected by eternal Father, God of all. In other words, by God's grace, he has singled us out and he has set us aside to be obedient to the anointing, that is the cleansing and redeeming blood of Jesus. And that invitation is still open to each and every one of us today. Amen. It was Peter's desire that God's unmerited favor to each and every one of us through Jesus Christ be multiplied. In other words, be increased and to be in abundance. And that God's peace be on us to give us a state of wholeness and security. And if ever we need a sense of security, it is in these unprecedented times, these uncertain times, these troublesome times. Amen. You would have heard my colleagues speaking on the various elements of hope. And they've all referred back to the times that we are living in. And you might have thought that we had colluded together, but we have not. You see, the times that we are in, it is clear that our world needs hope. So Peter's letter sought to bring hope to those Christians that were being persecuted. Now, under the Emperor Nero at the time, the social and economic persecution that they were facing was not just from the Roman Empire. It wasn't just from the Pharisees or the Orthodox Jews, but it was from their own families. They would have been harassed. They would have been tortured. And some of them would have been put to death. It was a very common practice of the day that if a person became a born-again Christian, their own flesh and blood would have rejected them, would have turned their backs on them. Parents and siblings would often turf those out of the home, leaving them to fend for themselves, facing a time of oppression and homelessness. And those, those that were fortunate enough to stay within the home, they became victims of physical abuse with no court or law or no system or no social services to help them. All that they could do was to scatter, 
to leave the country where they were born. You see, being a Christian, it does not exempt us from pain or from suffering. It does not exempt us from ill treatment or illness, not even from death. So you might ask, then why become a Christian? The answer is very clear. The answer is very simple. It is found in a four-letter word called hope. Being a Christian gives us hope, but not just any old hope. According to Peter, it gives us a lively, living, exciting, energizing, and active hope. Hallelujah. Hope that will withstand every and any storm, every and any form of persecution, oppression, illness, and even death. The hope that I speak of this day, it brings about motivation. And that motivation, it leads to determination. And determination fuels our prayers. Why? Because the hope that I speak of, it looks at every challenge and turn it into an opportunity. An opportunity where our Father is able to show forth his might and his power. Hallelujah. The hope that I speak of at the moment is built on faith. It is built on obedience and it is built on patience. Faith to know and to keep believing. Obedience to keep standing. And patience to wait and to see the glory of our God. Hallelujah. And this hope, it produces direction to our actions. It gives us comfort in our suffering and it cements our belief. Hallelujah. In the natural sense, hope looks for an outcome that will make life better or seem better in some shape, form or way in the future. But the hope that I have and the hope that I speak of is a different kind of hope because Peter says it is a living hope. And I join with Peter today and I say that the hope that we have in Christ is alive and it is well because it is based upon the resurrection of Jesus. In Peter's day, the Jews were looking for a Messiah to redeem Israel. They wanted a mighty warrior, someone that will come in with power and overthrow the Romans so that they, the nation of Israel, can have their own empire again. But that was not God's intention. It was not what God had in mind. You see, from Peter's point of view, when the soldiers arrested Jesus, <laughs> All of Peter's hopes were dashed. So much so that Peter denied Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. You see, when we pin our hopes upon someone or something, and that person or that thing did not materialize. It did not live up to its expectation. It shatters our dreams. And sometimes it shatters our lives. Hallelujah. But Paul, Paul captured the source of our hope nicely in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19. 
Paul puts it like this, that the absence of the hope that we have would make us sad and miserable. In context, if our hope was only based upon the Messiah, Jesus, when Jesus walked upon the earth like you and I today, Paul said we would be sad and miserable. But he goes on to say not only that, we are to be pitied more than anyone else upon the earth. But our hope, you see, is not in one that lies in a tomb, hallelujah, but it is in a Messiah that has risen from the dead, hallelujah. Let's go and look at those two men. They were walking on the resurrection day from Jerusalem to a place called Eminus. The Bible tells us it's about seven miles in distance. And the two men were walking together and talking together about everything that had just taken place. And Jesus came into their midst. Jesus wanted to find out why they were looking so sad. They say to him, are you a stranger? Do you not know what had been happening over these last few days? And they started to tell him that our Messiah, the one that we thought had come to redeem us, had been crucified and had been placed in a tomb. And they said, our hearts are sad. Because today is the third day. You see, when our Messiah was with us, he told us everything that was going to happen. He told us that after his burial, he would raise on the third day. Today is the third day. And the tomb is empty. And we have not seen our Messiah. So their hopes, like Peter's, were dashed because they had not seen the Messiah. But the Bible tells us, as we read on, that Jesus walked with them. And when they got to the destination, Jesus broke bread with them. And then their eyes were open. And they realized that what they thought was a stranger was actually the risen Jesus. And if we skip down to verse 52 of the same portion of text, which is found in Luke chapter 24, we will see that the Bible tells us that now their hearts were full of joy as they were worshipping. Why? Because the Messiah, the source of their hope, was no longer lying in a tomb, hallelujah, but had risen. The source of the hope was alive. So the hope that I speak of isn't just lively, isn't just living, isn't just exciting, but it brings about joy. The hope that I speak of today is more exciting than finding the gift that you have prayed for all year round, long, sitting under the Christmas tree. It is more fulfilling than marrying the man or the woman of your dreams. It is more rewarding than delivering your first child. It is more hopeful than the COVID vaccination program. Amen. You see, if you tune into the news, you will see that our politicians are hopeful. The medics are hopeful. The scientists are hopeful. The elderly are hopeful. The sick 
are hopeful. The world at large is hopeful. Why? Because the vaccine is going to remove the death cloud of COVID-19 from our lives. Even the airlines are hopeful. They tell us that we can jab and go. Now, please, please do not misinterpret what I am saying. I have absolutely nothing against the vaccine. But the hope that I speak of, it excels all of what I had just mentioned. Some people say that the vaccine is the best present that they could have received. But I beg to differ. You see, the vaccine at best may save a life, or your life rather, but the hope that I speak of will save your life when this life is over. In plain English, even in death, you will live again. Because the hope that I speak of, it goes beyond the grave. You see, the hope that I'm talking about, it is a living hope. The hope that I speak of is not man-made. You cannot get some formulas and put it together and recreate this hope. It is not for a privileged few. It is not in short supply. The hope that I speak of does not depend on your age or your color or your creed or where you live. Amen. There are some people in some countries right now that are waiting for their supply of the COVID vaccine. And they may, some are told, have to wait until March. But the hope that I speak of and the source of that hope that I speak of, hallelujah, he is with you right now, wherever you live, wherever you are, you just need to call out to him. The hope that I speak of will never run out, hallelujah. Where, where can we find that hope? The hope that I speak of is found in the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The hope that I speak of, it propels us and gives us endurance. According to Romans 5, 5, the hope that I speak of will never ever bring any kind of disappointment, nor can it ever deceive us. Why? Because God has filled our hearts with his love. So this hope that I speak of, it must be fulfilled. It simply cannot fail. Hallelujah. Our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, states he is keen to get as many vaccines as possible. Sorry, he's keen to get the vaccine into as many arms as possible. But as a minister of the gospel of Christ, I am keen to get the vaccine into as many hearts and to as many souls as possible. Why? Because there is a day that is coming, hallelujah. And that day we do not know how far away it is. But when that day comes, each and every one of us will have to face the appointment called death. And when COVID-19 have long left our shores, when the vaccine is as common as the flu jab is today, when some other form of 
illness, illness takes us, we still have to face our maker. We still have to face our Lord. We still have to give an answer. And this is where the source of our hope lies. It lies in the risen Christ. For he is the only one that can give us that hope. He is the only one that can give us that everlasting life, that eternal life. Only when we have that hope can we stand at the judgment and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So will you come? Will you come? Will you pause for a moment right to where you are and say, Lord, come. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Take control of everything that I say and everything that I do. Will you say to him, come, Lord Jesus, and make your home in my life? The hope that I speak of It leads to an inheritance, one that can never perish, never spoil, one that can never fade, one that cannot be stolen or taken from us because the word of God tells us that that inheritance is kept in heaven for you. So again, I repeat as I close. Will you say, come, Lord Jesus, into my heart and make your home right there. God bless you. God keep you. And God cause his face to shine upon you and to give you his blessed hope. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the hope that we have in you. We thank you, O God, that this hope cannot fail and it cannot fade. We pray for those, O Lord, in the reach of my voice, those that have surrendered their lives and have come to you. May your word change their hearts, O God, in their lives. And for those that are troubled, O Lord, those that are perplexed by the misfortunes of life, those who feel that they have no way out, O Lord, may they receive that hope that I have spoken of today. May your grace, O Lord, in your strength, may your love and your peace be upon them, O Lord, to take them through their trials. For those, O Lord, that are sick, For those, O Lord, that are isolated. For those, O Lord, who needs your comforting spirit. Will you comfort them at this moment? Lord, we look to you and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. You've listened to the podcast and you want to start or renew your relationship with Jesus Christ. First of all, May I congratulate you 
you've made the best decision you could ever make. There are three easy steps. Number one, ask for forgiveness. There'll be a prayer at the end of this for you to say, if you're not sure how to say it. Number two, believe that your prayer has been heard and it's been answered by God. Number three, confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord. That too will be in the prayer. After the prayer, there'll be some contact details for you to use. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, loving, gentle, caring and kind, you gave your life for me. As a sinner, I come to you. Please forgive me, Lord, of every sin I have ever done. Things I have said, evil thoughts I've had and things that I did to make you unhappy. Lord, I invite you now to take control of my life, that I may be the person you want me to be and the person you created me to be. I believe your words that your blood at the cross washed away all my sins and has cleansed me and set me free so that I can live with you eternally. Thank you, Lord, for loving me and for dying for me. I thank you for cleansing me and setting me free. I love you, Lord, and confess that you are my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've said that prayer and believe it, welcome into the family of God. You are now a born-again Christian. I celebrate with you that you've decided to follow Jesus. Here are some contact details for you to contact us if you need help or support during this time. Looking forward to meeting with you. Take care, keep safe and keep well. God bless.
Yeah.